Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Be sure to give us a five-star review. And if you haven't already, check out our blog at DIYmoney.org. That's DIYmoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. Yeah, I just think, I don't think a lot of people know what index funds are. Is I think that it's generally this topic that everybody talks about, but they don't, they don't know. They don't know what an index is. They don't know. They pretend, but they, they're... Fair enough. That's, I mean, it doesn't help that there's like 5,000 indices. I, I just think if we can help people understand exactly what an index fund is so that they don't have to pretend like they know, I think that'll already be. We can go down weeds in, in a later. Steve, you ready? Are you rolling? We have been rolling. Okay. Well, let's, okay. Well, welcome back to uh, DIY Money. I am your host, Quinn Tatro. And Daniel Zolno. All right. Well, Daniel, I want to do something today that I think on the surface to many might seem a little rudimentary, but I think that a lot of folks in the privacy of their own home or their earbuds or their earbuds or whatever the case may be, uh, this would be good subject matter because I think a lot of people don't really understand this terminology that's out there that everybody seems to throw around that we should all be just investing in an index fund. And I think that common idea is, yeah, Okay, that makes sense. And I, I dare say if you if you pressed somebody, they would say uh, they would give you some reasons why they would be able to gutturally reset, uh, respond by saying, well, it's the lowest fees and it's done the best over time and so on and so forth. But I think I want to take the opportunity to actually define it. What is it? So get, give me your and we don't I'm not going to look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not even going to do that. Because I'm sure there's a definition for it. Probably. So people could probably be like, oh, I should have just looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> but we're going to tell you. But I want to share with you what it is so that when you are when you are in a conversation or you are considering an index fund, you know what it is. So in your in your vernacular, in your world, what what is it, it that you could describe uh, the definition? Okay, so first, the first word, an index... An index is a group of stocks grouped by somebody or some company or a committee or something. But somebody has put together rules and groupings of stocks. So in most popular case, you have the S&P index, you have the NASDAQ 100, you have the Dow Jones 30, uh, you have the Dow Transports, you have the, uh, the Nikkei, you have the um, international index, you have the emerging markets index. So there's actually a lot of indices, the plural of index. And so it's basically a committee or a person's grouping of stocks trying to take the stock market that's out there, the wide variety of thousands and thousands of stocks, and dial that into a manageable number and say, this is how we're going to decide what stock is in it and what's not. Second word, fund is a... Wait, let's stop right there. Okay, I mean, you go. Right, yeah. Well, no, this is good, but I want to... I. I think a lot of people we might have uh, we might have lost them already a little bit with some of the with some okay. of the terminology. So I think let's go back to the history. Um, I think it was 1892, 1893. Um, there was a company, uh, or actually a guy, and I think. Well, I mean, I'm not. I am literally not looking any of this up, and I probably should have. This is probably bad, but I'm going to go by my brain, and maybe you can you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, since you're staring at the computer. A guy by the name of Charles Dow, and he was uh, basically, if I understand correctly, was in the stock world at the time, 
and decided to create a list. That's actually the definition. I did look up the Webster's definition of index. To create a list of companies that he wanted to track that best represented the industrial movement in the United States. And he called that the, the Dow Index. That was after Charles Dow. Did I get his name right? Charles Dow. Okay, wow. And so in 1893? I believe it was 1896 that the Dow Industrial was created. I think the very first one was 1884 when he created the transportation. Wow. So Per yeah. Google. So what I was going for was in 1893, he started thinking about the industrial. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far down All Wikipedia. Right. So, so the, the point is, is that he said... And, and this was common. Folks were starting to invest in publicly traded companies. We were at the turn of the century. Industrials were really uh, coming around, and, and they needed public capital, and public capital wanted to invest in the expansion and growth of America. But there was no way to sort of track what America— I want to bring this home because it is so correlated to what America is. There was no way to track— how America was doing. You could look at one company. I don't know. I'm going to throw something out. Allegheny Steel, if that was Bethlehem Steel, for example. I know that was a huge company at the time and a good representation or a railroad company at the time. You could look at that company, but there was nothing to determine what the the stock market sort of was doing. So he created this list. That was the first index. Unlike today... In order to buy that index, you had to own each individual company. So Charles Dow didn't go out and say, hey, I'm creating this index. And oh, by the way, at the time, it was 12 companies. General Electric was one of the only ones, and they were just removed. But he, he created this, and it was just a proxy for what the industrial companies were doing. And apparently before that, he created one just for transportation. So maybe that was the first sector index, interestingly enough. So... That's the root. That That is the root of it, is that it was a list of companies that Charles Dow made famous, and, and certainly the industrials was, was much more famous than the original transports. Transports, as far as the sector, is important today. But it was a proxy to determine how America was doing. Now, prior, I think it's important, so that is the same today as it was then. It is a proxy or a list or a group of stocks that are have a commonality, let's say that, have a commonality. So the S&P 500, which is an index, the common thread is that is the 500 largest companies. The Dow 30 is now the 30 largest companies, and it has moved away from just industrials. There are a lot of other index, indices is the plural, indices, that represent, again, another commonality. But what's important is the list rarely changes. I think that's a huge element to understand. The list of companies, it does change, but it rarely changes. And that's one of the attributes that makes it so attractive from an investment period. All right, fund. So, so we've established what an index fund is. We're going we're gonna to bring it all the way back around and talk about specifically when people talk about it today, what is it? But I think it's important to understand the history. But a fund, all right, you, you give me your understanding of a fund, and then I'm going to give you some interesting history from personal experience 
of a fund, but go ahead. Sounds good. So a fund is a grouping of stocks or investable assets that the investor can invest in. So you actually can't invest directly into an index. So when you see the performance of an index or a a benchmark or something on a performance report or a fact sheet or something like that, a lot of times you'll actually see the language as well that you can't invest directly in an index. You you, you can't go to your uh, Schwab brokerage or your Fidelity brokerage or your Robinhood brokerage and say, I want to invest directly into the S&P index. It's it's just a, a grouping or a reporting of stocks. You have to invest in a, a fund that holds the stocks that make up the index. Well, let, let's be clear, though. You could, but you'd have to buy them all. You'd create your own index. You can invest in the stocks that are yes. in the index. You cannot invest directly into an index. You can but, invest into an index fund or the stocks that are in the index. Yes, but I want to make sure people understand. You By buying an index fund, mm-hmm. you are theoretically investing directly in the index. So there's yes. this gateway that has been created or this bridge, which brings me to a great story. That when I was about 10 years old, in the mid-80s, my father, who was a broker, did a lot of business with the Fund Family MFS, uh, Massachusetts Fund something. I don't know what they're, I don't even know. Services? Services. I have no idea. I don't (laughs) even know if the M stands for Massachusetts, but they were in Boston. So we went to visit the the Boston headquarters and he thought and he took me along on a business trip and I, it was interesting we got to sit I'll never forget this I sat in their beautiful offices overlooking Boston Harbor and ultimately had a high level pri- uh, portfolio manager come in and just have a discussion and just a general dialogue I had no idea what they were talking about but it was obviously planting a seed in me for future but what they did show off which I thought was really neat was the log book of the very first mutual fund, which was called the Massachusetts Investors Trust. And what what that was, was it was a way by which people could buy into a group of stocks. You see, at that time, at the turn of the century, stocks rarely split. And so they were hundreds upon hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars per share. What we're going back to now, a lot of companies are not splitting anymore. And there's a variety of reasons for that. But at the time, there wasn't. So to somebody go out and buy a share or two shares, number one, it was very expensive to transact. But number two, it was very high up in price. So the Massachusetts Investors Trust, or the founding of MFS, decided, they said, let's come up, let's go ahead and buy them. We'll put them in a trust, and people can buy the trust. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll report an average price for what the trust has done that day. That was the very first mutual fund. And that was fun to see because they literally had, it was obviously way before computers, they had to go by hand and write the prices of all the companies on any given day, the average, they had to look at all the shareholders that were there, and then they had to report a price. It was a, it was a, a task for sure. I don't know what they charged. Their internal fees were probably huge. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So a fund is a grouping of stocks. So index a list of stocks that rarely change that have a commonality. A fund is a group and a vehicle by which someone can invest. Okay. Now, it's important. There are a lot of index funds. But traditionally, this is important. Traditionally, when someone says an index fund, they are referring to what, Daniel? Most typically, the S&P 500 
index fund. In Lexington, Kentucky, when someone says, how was the basketball game last night? They're not talking about the New York Knicks. They're not talking about the, I don't know, fill in the blank. We know they're talking about the University of Kentucky Wildcats. It's very simple. When someone says invest in an index, most of the time, so you understand, audience, they're speaking about the S&P 500, which was a later on iteration, I had no idea the date, of the Dow Jones Industrial Index. And it became a larger group of companies, 500 to be exact. That changes more frequently, but it does change. Now, and in conclusion, we'll wrap it up here. Why has this traditionally been a better investment than going out buying individual stocks or an actively traded mutual fund? So in an index fund, you're getting automatic investments in companies that, at least by the committee's determination, best represent the U.S. economy when we're talking about the S&P 500. And because of the way that a fund is weighted or index is weighted, you're naturally going to gradually get more and more of what's doing well and the things that aren't doing well kind of sink to the bottom and eventually get voted out of the index and replaced by new up-and-coming companies. So it's not completely static. It's not like just buying a stock, going to bed, holding it forever. You actually are getting slight changes over time that keep the fund invested in what's doing well in the economy. And the other kicker, which is fascinating, and now we have scientific and historical evidence that shows uh, that this is actually better, is that because it's a set list that changes infrequently, there is no manager per se. I know some of you out there going, no, there's a manager. No, okay, per se, that they has to be paid. There are no analysts who are analyzing the individual companies that go in. It is a set list. And so the cost to you, the investor, to own this is much less than if someone was selecting the stocks that went in and had to pay analysts to do the reporting, and so on and so forth. And over time, over the last several decades, what has shown scientifically is that the combination of what Daniel said, owning a list that favors the companies that are doing better over time, in addition to the low cost, because there are no manager or analysts to pay, the performance has been better than almost Every single actively traded mutual fund in the world, not to mention has been better than almost every hedge fund in the world, which is traditionally a much higher priced investment vehicle for extremely high net worth individuals. Okay, I'm going to end it there because I think we could go down a variety of rabbit holes and talking about why and then why would anybody do anything different then and so on and so forth. But I really just wanted people to understand exactly what an index fund is. So now when you speak about them and you invest in them, you actually know what you own. Anything else to add? I think that covers it. All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is very, very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do it for a long time. Make it a great day. 
Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.